You are listening to an Awakening from Belfast podcast, an adult conversation about local, worldly and otherworldly topics. Be prepared, there is some swearing in the podcast. Talking, what we're doing, as you know, we're talking uh, about local issues, but I'd like to say something now is that we've done a few um, few podcasts and, you know, I feel as if this is, was maybe going the wrong direction. So what I'm going to do from now on, we're only, only going to be hearing positive stories, positive people coming through rough times and getting through it and doing, making a life for themselves and inspirational stories. So um, I have a guest tonight and... Uh, I know nothing at all about him, so let him introduce himself <laughs> in whatever way he wants. Yes, my name's Kieran. Nice to meet you, by the Ready. way. Ready? How are you going? Um, I'm a sports therapist based in Dunbury. Work with a lot of local boxers, yeah. sports stars, um, and I also run workshops and retreats to try and reconnect people back to nature. Magic. I love so it's called natural resilience. Yeah. For me, I, I believe nature has a massive healing power. And I think now in society, we're so obsessive with technology mm-hmm. and comforts. Uh, and we've just fallen away from, from millions of years of, of DNA that we are meant to be at one with nature. But we've just went and fucked it all up, really. You know, we've, we've, we've just surrounded ourselves with computers and technology and Wi-Fi. So the, the, my whole purpose of this is to try and build people's resilience through kind of guiding them, I suppose, and empowering them, but the whole emphasis is on getting them back out, back into natural sunlight, into forests, caves, the sea, beaches. Mm -hmm. And the beautiful thing about Northern Ireland is we all live no more than a 20-minute drive from any of those. Oh, yeah. You know, it's quite a rural country. Uh, Even in Belfast here, the amount of parks. I mean, you have Helens Bay Beach. Listen, we're so lucky with parks, really. With no excuse. With no excuse to get back out there. Mm-hmm. And that's that. That's been one of the big things for me the last load of years. Is <clears throat> just say like I was up in Beaver Forest there not long ago, and it was lashing. But walking through the trees and the pouring rain, there's nothing like it. Class. It's absolutely beautiful. Remind you, you're alive. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. You know, and you know, I know people that live in Newton Breda have never been in Beaver Forest. I know people <laughs> that are listening to this who live up beyond the road and have never been up Cave Hill. It's you crazy. Know, isn't it isn't it. It's shocking. You know, it's, and it's bad now, the generations, but the kids now, you, know, you don't see kids out doing this stuff. Yeah. Although, I'll be honest with you, I go down to Cherryville there in the Ravenhill Road, take a dog a walk, and I'm overjoyed for what I've seen happening is more and more parents out walking with kids yeah. that push bikes, playing sports with them, you know, that I've never seen before. Yeah. You know, so this COVID bullshit. Who is bringing good things to us? Yeah, it's not all bad. My son, he he's built a fort in the front garden. When is he? Seven. Oh god! And it's class. Oh. I love it. Like it's it's like going back to the old school. It's just there. Yeah. The word and him and his mates sit in it. Literally seven, eight hours in a row with and build a 
wee huts for worms and bugs and oh, <laughs> see watching it it just warms your soul Don't it really yeah, does yeah, yeah. I want to see pig kids playing with gators again oh okay. <laughs> <laughs> I know I'd love to see two wee lads, lads having a fight now and again yeah you know what I mean yeah. Cause nothing I wrong with that no 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 it's part of it's part of what we are yeah and it's part of growing up uh-huh. like I haven't seen that in donkey when yeah. I was at school every day yeah. There was a, several fights. Spe- Belfast. No, you know, when my, my uh, school was parked pre and um, down there, used to be in the Ormond Bankment, where the big Chinese wholesalers is. Uh-huh. Uh, that was rough as fuck. You know, you know, yeah. it's, it's, you know in the 70s, it was rough. Yeah. The teachers get beat up, the broken guns in the school. No, it was fucking crazy. And every day, everyone's not going to upset each other, will they? Yeah. I haven't seen that in years. It's not that I want to promote violence. Or no, no, uh-huh. absolutely not. But I just feel that kids are just uh, losing themselves, you know. You never see kids really kicking the ball out in the street. Right? They're sitting there with computers. And I'm a massive advocate of boxing clubs. Yeah. Massive yeah. advocate. And I think yeah. Belfast were blessed and that most housing estates has one. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I know I grew up in West Belfast and I think there's more boxing clubs in West Belfast than there is in the, the rest of County Antrim combined. Oh, yeah, of course there are. Yeah, um, yeah, and yeah. I think... It's there's, a, there's a good boxing club down in Markets. St George's? I don't know what you call I filmed on it once. St George's, I think yeah, it is. Yeah. Very reputable. It, but it just teaches... It just teaches kids discipline at a young Absolutely. age. Yeah. And I think, I think it's a great trait and a great personality habit for a young child to have self-discipline. And not only that, I find there that lads that know how to handle themselves. You never see them fucking fight or arguments or anything. No. Because they're self-assured. The yeah, ones that do all this are the ones that are free. 100%. Yeah, no. 100%. It's like the bullies, you know. They have the biggest issues. Yeah, the bullies, yeah, they're the ones with issues, you know. It's like, when I was at school, I used to love looking the shade of the bullies. You know, I think I've talked about this before. But then my daughter, what did she do when she's at school? She started this thing in the school befriending the bully. Right? Ah, never so heard of it. she went and she had a made friends with the bully and then found out what the bully's interests and all was and then she went and introduced them to people that were similar interests and they stopped becoming bullies. Fascinating. I've, I've never heard of that before. I know. What's my daughter? She's brilliant. You know what I mean? She's wow. done some good, good stuff. You know, that's, yeah. well, that's what they say. You kill them with kindness sometimes. Listen, I don't, I don't believe that there's a bad chain in the world. Yeah. You know, it's this environment this is bringing, you know, you know, you know, some kids, you know, they don't have a chance. Yeah. I was in Chippy one day in, down the Woodstock Road. I got a, a stand dog and I had to wait. And Barney t- a dog tail about said. And it's this woman come over and she started talking and she was waiting on her, whatever she was getting. And she started telling me all her, about her life. And I was looking at her son. Her son was about 14. And she had in a chip. It's a horrible chip. I never went back to it. <laughs> and she feeds that child at her every day. That child never leaves his mouth side. He's 14. And he's eating shit every day. Yeah, just, it's not good, is it? That's oh, shocking. It's you are what you eat, or you are what you kind of digest, but that's, that. I mean, not just food, the company you keep, what, oh. what, what the parents are telling you, letting you watch. The energy they pick up on, it's, it's, yeah, it's everything. Children are just sponges too, so they take everything in tenfold, yeah. but so. And the bloody uh, education authorities or health uh, education authorities are just not helping out here at all. No. Because yeah, what do they teach in the school? Hard to play the recorder. <laughs> <laughs> I was going to play, I could 
three blame mace. Oh, I could play three blame mace with my nose. Nothing for me no in life. Reporter, it's just done nothing nose. for me in life. Do you know what I mean? It's <laughs> an algebra. That's <laughs> <laughs> right. It's mental. I know. It's crazy. I don't know why they should be teaching kids how to look after their mental health, what they eat, meditation, mindfulness, real, real world stuff. Absolutely, but. Yeah, you know yourself. Where it all started a long time ago. Yeah. This yet, you know. But I, I think then, if if you believe that, then you as a parent have a responsibility that you can't control what happens in the school, but you can control what you teach your kids at home. Absolutely, much. Uh huh. And just pure love. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, my yeah. my father was very much tough love. He wouldn't have hugged me because I was a male. Do you know yeah. why I should be tough? Whereas I hug my son every day and tell him I love him, oh, uh, and I'll never stop doing that. I would never. Why would you stop doing that? You know, it's, no, no. Yeah, I might have some, some. Uh, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. It's just that old. It's not. You know, if I, do, I the thing is, I don't blame him at all. You know, because my love was brought up by wicked alcoholics of a dad. All his ma. There was no love. He never knew what love was in his life, and then they escaped. But he went away to Korea. They fuck off. And he went to war. And then yeah. he went through all that shit, and then he came home, and then he couldn't get a job, and you know, uh, he's a boozer. Yeah. So I don't hold any grudges or anything, or anything. Mm-hmm. I just know that he just, he just didn't know. Yeah, you know different. Yeah. But things they got are generational too, but I think as well, you get to a certain age, and, and you can realise you have a responsibility to break that cycle. Uh, it yeah. can't be done. Yeah, mental health issues in this country shot at the moment. Crazy. That, that, yeah. To me, that's a real pandemic. It's, oh, don't start me. That's a real pandemic. That is the case up at West. There's some poor woman, two sons. Yeah, it's, yeah. You know, it's awful. It's, a, it's, been, it's been an epidemic in, in Belfast for oh. over a decade now. I mean, particularly... Where, where particularly West Belfast? I What's don't your know. view? I I'm not just talking about the Catholics. It's, it's uh-huh. not the shackle. It's the whole of West. It's the th- whole... It's a depra- it has been a it's, depraved area. It's a depraved area. I think, I think there's been that much shit over the years in such a small area. Yeah. I think, and where we say trauma is generational, I think, I think Northern Ireland is a post-conflict society. I think yeah. we've moved on massively. Oof. But there's still people stuck in the past, and I think a lot of those people live in those poor, depraved areas where they maybe had sons, fathers, mothers all involved in some shape or form, whether yeah. they were a victim of the troubles or whether they were directly involved in the troubles. And, and that, that, gener- that trauma is still hanging around almost. You know, there's alcohol and drug abuse. There's the, the, the bringing your kid to the chippy every day. It's just people haven't broke free of it yet. And f- I, I would work with a lot of young, young teenagers in West Belfast and they're, they're all addicted to escaping escaping that doom and gloom and, and, and that's usually in the way of, of alcohol and, and drugs yeah. which of course just masks it just puts it just puts oh. over a really deep wound it, it, it just puts cling film and cling film cling. Yep. it's in there it's not, it's not getting out yeah it's not getting out it does it's like <clears throat> I had a real habit and I still have wee puff now with a cannabis you know I was shocking you know and it was during an ayahuasca ceremony it just showed me it, it's just you know it's just putting cling film over mm-hmm. putting cling film still in there it has to get out. Yeah. You know, and, and you the stuff you're doing, that's how you get it out. Yeah. It's, you know, there's loads of ways to do it. You know, there's, there's loads, loads of ways, but I think... I know I, people can do it dancing, drumming, yeah. playing a guitar. You know, they can lose themselves and get there. You know, it doesn't have to be... It's all, but it's all basic things. Thing. Yeah, 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 yeah. It's, it's all, they're all the best therapies are those basic 
dancing, for example. Yeah, we yeah. are made to move as human oh, beings. Yeah, yeah. We're not we're not designed to just sit in front of a computer day after day after day after. You know, you have to get out there and move. You have to reconnect back to who we are as human beings. Yeah. I'm a shotgun dancer. Well, Theresa <laughs> May makes me look good. Oh, no. <laughs> Dancing Queen, that was the oh. most embarrassing thing I've ever seen. Do you know who dances exactly like her? Celine Dion. <laughs> right. ah, I can't stand her either. <laughs> so tell, sorry, uh, tell us a bit more about yourself. Um, I, I wouldn't You're say there. anything strange or startling. Yeah, See I mean, it. I grew up, I, I wouldn't, poor, but I'm not sure, working class, I suppose. Oh. I mean, we never did not. We never didn't have food or dinner on the table. You know, we were always fed. We were always watered. But there was certainly no frills or spills. Mm. Um, late grew up late eighties, early nineties in West Belfast. Um, my father, to his credit, was an extremely hard worker. I think same as same as your father's father. It was generational with him. He, I I believe in inherited pain. Yeah, I've actually done studies. You know. I've done them studies with Native Americans, with Aborigines, Palestinians, uh-huh. um, people that have been put down for a long time. And I know that pain is generational, yeah. passed on. That's why you see so many alcoholics in North yeah. America and all these issues, you know, the health of the Aboriginal peoples, you know. Hurt people, hurt people. That's not what they say. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I have a friend, she would. She does, uh, she's a prison visitor, you know. Uh-huh. And she's educated me enough for that on this, you know. I, I used to be a fuck, I'm like, I'm a kick in the bollocks. You know, but now I, I, you have to look further than that. Yeah. You know, and uh, like in a perfect world, if every kid was getting gloved, best at grub, educated properly, not less bullshit, educated about life and what you had to, you know, get in life, you wouldn't have these problems. I agree. You wouldn't have them at all. You know? I agree. Yeah. But I think that's what this is all about. And I do believe it. In case anybody's listening, I don't know what year you're listening. <laughs> it's uh, November 2020. We're in this pandemic bullshit. But yeah, I, I think unfortunately we're going to see a lot more mental health issues. I oh, think. it's going to be colossal. Tragically, we're going to see a lot more suicides as well. Yeah. Um, my my friend's mother, God rest her soul, took her own life in January this year. Is a beautiful woman, early fifties with Ooh. with children. And this is the thing like people have it in their head. It only it's it's guys in their twenties with drug issues. I know, I know. This woman didn't take drugs. This this was a mother of three children. Oh Jesus! And we're going to start seeing it. It's going to start coming into more homes and creating more trauma. And it's up it's up to people like yourself that uh, and and you know all these positive people that you attract to go out and and do good work and and almost counteract all the negative bullshit. That's absolutely right. You know that's I, that's. I'm at an age now, I'm in a position where I can get to do this full time. You know, I do my camera and I do other things, you know, but I want to do more. And I will do more. I think it's the only way to get, you know, to get the society up and running is for people to put themselves out there. Yeah. I can help with this. I can help with that. You know, we, I was talking to friends about um, homeschooling and all, you know, and we were talking about if you had like a communal place and the things you'd be teaching your kids, you know. Mm-hmm. It wouldn't be too much if it's actually on the curriculum at the minute. No. Yeah. No, definitely not. You know, because basically, as far as I'm concerned, all they want you to do is get you through school so you're, you can measure, use a tape measure or a, a computer or whatever so as you go and work for them. Without questioning anything you're told? Yeah. Keep your head down. Mm-hmm. Keep your mouth shut. Keep going. 
You're almost kind of ridiculed in school if you show any sign of creativity that, that kind of deviates from what they're yeah. showing you. That's why these schools now, is it Steiner School and all, you know, different things again, where well, they're starting to break these, t- these moulds uh-huh. and starting to do new stuff with kids. It's brilliant. I actually heard a school in Newcastle and County Down. Mm-hmm. A lot of their classes are outdoor based. Really? It's in a forest and they're getting kids to you know, plant flowers and trees and getting them to identify certain you know, shrubs and, and edibles and mm-hmm. um, and these are primary school children, <laughs> uh, getting them to kind of grow <laughs> herbs and, and yeah. plants and all the rest of it outside in the forest. And I thought, that's brilliant. That's really progressive. So, just you, you just happened to mention you again. It's, uh, I find down there that way an awful lot of people are very sparsely inclined. Right, okay. I do an awful lot of Cambo in that, in that direction. People the morning men? Ah, I'm down around Kilkeel, Warren Point, Newry, you know, uh-huh. all around there, yeah, yeah. Most beautiful people, yeah. sort of God of our minute, amazing, yeah. And they have set up wee groups and they're doing things and Brilliant. they go swimming in the morning. There's a girl, a, a woman I know very well, um, her name's Colette, I'll mention it. And her and a couple of friends started swimming, uh-huh. just at Warren Point, and there was two of them, now there's about, I don't know, 20 or so. It has to be a way to do it, doesn't it? 100%. Yeah. It's just reconnecting, recharging your batteries. Oh, wow. And that's, yeah. that's one of the things I have started doing with people is what I have called a swim race, where you swim at sunrise in the morning. Sunrise. Do you know what? I was talking to a girl the other night, and she was doing that under friends in our glass, outside our glass, some wee boots outside our glass. Amazing. Amazing. Yeah. yeah. Glass. <laughs> but we, before, kind of just... Just after the first lockdown, we organised it and a hundred people turned up at Helens Bay Beach and got into the sea about quarter past five in the morning. Holy fuck. <laughs> over a hundred people and it was yeah. one of the most beautiful yeah. things I've ever seen. There's so many people, all from different backgrounds, different stories, getting in and watching the sunrise in front of their that face in the water. Yeah. And that, that's, it was almost like a sense of community. Oh, I, You know, like a tribe, a bit of yeah. togetherness. It was, it was Clown, phenomenal to see, you know, yeah. it really was. But that's, that's one of the, the things that I do. That's my form of self-care is what I call cold water therapy. Yeah, yeah. And it's yeah. just bathing in the sea. Yeah. Uh, do it right through the winter. I'm, I'm going this Saturday and the water temperature at the minute is degrees. That's yeah. beautiful. We, I, we uh, had a guy up uh, not long ago, Dr. Modestus. I call him Dr. Amestis. <laughs> but uh, I went to see him one time, but it's so many. I can't even remember what it was, to be honest with you. And uh, he gave me a prescription to go down and get in the sea for 10 minutes. <laughs> I'm serious. That's amazing, though. Isn't it wonderful? Yes. That's, yeah. that's... That was his prescription. He says, go, go down to the sea for 10 minutes. Phenomenal. Stay below it. That's what doctors should be doing. Absolutely. And even oh. there's, there's some Scandinavian doctors now for the likes of fibromyalgia, which is a relatively new phenomena. Mm hmm prescribing uh, because most I think the big statistic with fibromyalgia an autoimmune disease it affects mostly middle-aged women mm-hmm. that are, are overweight mm-hmm. um, and they're pres- what they're prescribing as opposed to medication in Scandinavia is outdoor yoga getting them outdoors and getting them to move and it has a massive success rate one massive success rate is Campbell Campbell yeah. Yeah. But again, natural. Absolutely. Yeah, natural. Going back to the source of yeah, Mother yeah. Earth. I personally don't take anything unless it's plant based or, or, uh-huh. or, you know, from a, a tribal thing or, you know, whenever you, I'm vegan now. Uh-huh. I have my last, I, I was vegetarian a long time, but I love to let me choose, right? <laughs> I have my last, but then, let me choose. 
grill covered in fucking holly. Gorgeous. Unbelievable. My bracky. But I stopped it last week. I'll never touch it again, so I'm totally vegan now. Right, okay. Yeah. I don't know where the hell I was going with it. You told me something that blew my mind before this about eggs. Eggs, I represented Northern Ireland for powerlifting. I, was going, I, was going, I thought you were going to say egg eating. No, well, I could have. I, was, I still eat a lot, you, half a dozen eggs a day, no bother. Oh, I was the same. And, uh, but then you told me that. And yeah, what, I, what happened was, um, there's a beautiful woman I know, some time around we were talking about, Lena uh-huh. Jackson, and she came to me one time and uh, she was in a bad way. She had a 17.5 centimetre tumour in her heart uh-huh. and it sent her home because there's nothing to do with you. She's one with two wee kids. And... She's one of the most beautiful women you'll ever meet. I swear, she's just a wee angel. You know, I love her. And uh, and anyway, she went and she got herself some uh, oil. Mm-hmm. You know, and she started that. And she wrapped it to her a few weeks later. How can she come in all buzzing? Got the oil clear today, big lad. <laughs> yeah. And then at that time, I was stage four prostate cancer, and. Uh, uh, I'm still nervous, but it's it's near enough gone now. But I was knocking the eggs in them because the doctor had said to me, oh, you don't eat protein. No, and I had this whole argument, but you don't eat protein. Nobody needs protein because it takes your body 16 to 24 hours to break a protein down. In the what, doctor? He didn't know. I says, enzymes. That's mm-hmm. what your body owns on. I says, I says, whereas I eat fruit, I says, I get the enzymes right away. My, my antibodies don't have nothing to do to break that down. I says, well, therefore, it gives them time to work on the cancer, which is actually what they're meant to be fucking to. Mm-hmm. Well, he says, oh, see, you eat eggs. I says, love eggs. He says, well, sure, I'll, I'll ground, ground, ground. He just wanted rid of me. And uh, a couple of months later, the door wraps. There's this beautiful woman, and uh, she had, had the cancer. And she says... I'm worried about you, mate. Here's why. I bought you a book. And she bought me a book called How Not to Die. I think it's William Gallagher's author. I'm not sure. It was called How Not to Die. Opened it to your, your, your condition, I did, prostate cancer. And there was two Yale and one Harvard, or two Harvard and one Yale, studies, peer-reviewed studies, that a man should never touch an egg. It causes prostate cancer. And if you eat eggs... When you have prostate cancer, it speeds the growth of the cancer up by six times. Now, this is Harvard and Yale peer-reviewed studies. But your but doctor I, told you to eat eggs? Yeah, because he doesn't know. He doesn't know. He, the, the way it's been is, you know, it, it was Rockefeller took over all the medical facilities in the world you know, early on. You know, because he discovered that there were actually pharmaceutical companies were actually using oil-based products in part some of their pharmaceuticals and he thought oh fucking smizing so then what he does he give it a million dollars at that in them days that was mm-hmm. something to every state give a million to harvard give a million to yale and then he he's he set up this false um what would you call it don't like this report on different types of medicines and what they did was looked at homeopathic medicine also you know all these different types of um medical treatments were available at the time and modern medicine and they said that modern medicine was the only one to go for and then he started back in all the universities and the medical students and the studies and then that's to sell oil because most most of the most of the uh, pharmaceuticals are actually oil based people right. don't realize that you know and it's just a big money making scheme and yet millions of people in the world are suffering 
because of one greedy bastard and his cohorts that run the world, you know. You know, as far as I'm concerned, run this. It's crazy. So, uh, I know, isn't it? It really is. I think now, like, no matter what, I had a friend of mine recently went to the doctor with headaches, a concussion, mm-hmm. and he was given antidepressants. <laughs> what the fuck's that got to do with the headache? Fucking and hell. And that's how bad it is now, you know. Mm. My, my mother, my own mother had frozen shoulder um, and went to her doctor. This was about two or three years ago with frozen shoulder. Went to a doctor and said, I can't move, I'm in extreme pain. And he, he gave her antidepressants for frozen shoulder. What, what's the thought process behind that? I don't think there is one. We're just poisoning people. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Really are. It's, it's, you know, I, I'd be honest with you, I used to go to my family doctor and I used to feel a pity of him. Of his ignorance about certain things. You know, I'd have brought up something I'd read about, you know, new things. That, it was maybe two year old and brought, mentioned up and he hadn't a fucking clue. So uh, the, the doctor I went with my cancer, I had that argument. My, my thing was, sorry, mate, have you actually read anything since you became a doctor? Because I'm sorry, mate, you're way years behind here and you're thinking. You know, he's glad to see you anyway. You know? Yeah. I like the, the kind of Eastern philosophy or the tra- traditional Chinese medicine that you treat the patient yeah. as opposed to the illness. As long as you're not chopping big animals and all up to do yeah. it. I will have to. Yeah. Rhino horn, all that bullshit. Oh, no. You know what I mean? But yeah. our, our medical system's completely outdated. It's shocking. It's shocking. Really but then is. again, when you look at the, like, you look at the hospitals, even the ban policies in them, you know what I mean? That cop, I don't know, is out of pen or something, the best. But if they got 20 of them in, they're probably paying 15 quid each for them. Yeah. Because everybody's getting bungs. Yeah. Everybody's got, all the managers are getting bongs. I'm saying it here live on air. They're all getting bongs. <laughs> they all get backhanders. You know. And, all there's, for the and, there, and there's lines of management in there that are absolute top managers not needed. There's one guy up, I swear to God, he's one of the top managers and he'd done nothing all day but go around and take photographs. And better than that, he took two of the porters around him to move his sets and all about. And that was his day's work. And he's all on top money. He never Mega made books. a decision, nothing. You know, it's the under managers that run yeah. all the hospitals, but the big people, they yeah. they're the ones getting the bungs. Yeah. And it's the poor people that suffer. Of course it is. Then when they go in and try and get... It's always the same. Yeah. You know, it's always the same. You know. So, getting back to your life, your, your dad. Back to my life, my dad, yeah, so... Um, I keep going off in tangents. That's so. all right. <laughs> <laughs> if I forget, you'll have to remain where you are. But no, hard-working man, tough love. I don't even like using the term tough love, just it was tough. Yeah. Um, I remember vividly, about eight or nine years of age, split my head open in the house. It jumped up to try and get something on top of a cupboard. And it split my head on the corner of the cupboard. But with the force I had jumped up, the, the blood was spurting all over the ceiling. And I, I screamed in, in pain and shock of seeing the blood as, mm-hmm. a, as an eight or nine year old. And he came in, he grabbed me by the throat and said, don't you dare scream like a girl in my house. Ooh. He was just of that elk, but boys don't cry. Yeah. And from a very young age, eight or nine, I became confused about how to deal with emotions and, and humans are emotional beings. So I kind of suppressed mine. Um, thankfully, my mother was the opposite. She was very, very kind, very kind woman. And it was kind of like yin and yang. So 12 years old, I got, because of her, she was always into reading. She was always telling me read and she was always reading to me. 
I got into a grammar school and in the first year, without really kind of pushing myself, I got nine A's, just know all your different subjects. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And I came home, she was over the moon. My dad came home that night and I showed him, look, nine A's. And he, he, I can't remember his exact words, but more or less saying you're a fruit, you know, what's, what, what do you need that for? Only computer geeks need an education, oh, you know? So at the time he worked, he was a lorry driver uh, and he was of the opinion that men should have calloused hands. Men don't need qualifications, you know? Yeah. So again, at that age, and the way we're talking about children, you kind of, you're a sponge and you're taking on everything you're fed because you don't have the maturity to question these things. I thought, well, education's a load of shite. So started rebelling in school, started kind of, stopped going to school. And before I got a chance to do GCSEs, I was expelled. By that stage, because I suppose of the confusion of, of what I should do in school and how I should show emotions, I just developed into an angry, rebellious teenager. And by that age, very, very skilled binge drinker. Oh, and been there. Had, had tried most drugs, you know, mm -hmm. had tried most things by 16. Mm -hmm. um, taking ease every weekend. Um, I took ease in my 40s. 40s? Oh. Uh, well, I was 16, 15, <laughs> 16. Um, and, and then really, really get into that that party scene. To mm -hmm. me, that was my escape. So I've went and, and you know, the likes of Gabor Mate and that and, and these people. It's and pretty wonderful. Isn't it? Oh, but a phenomenal mm -hmm. man. Mm -hmm. And it's very, very prevalent here. You know, we're, we're kind of a society. We have a lot of addictions. Mm -hmm. And I love the way he puts it, that you're not addicted to the substance, you're addicted to the escape or how it makes you feel. And mm -hmm. that was me. I was addicted of, to getting out of an unhappy home. Mm -hmm. And the drugs and that scene kind of give me a place for two or three days at a time each weekend. You know, yeah. I, I was the, the definition of a weekend warrior. Never, yeah. never committed a crime or never kind of hurt anyone. It was just letting off steam and escaping. Mm. Um, and then I suppose just in the, in the almost a blink of an eye, that was kind of 18, 19, early 20s. I was married, had kids, had a house, had a mortgage, had all these responsibilities and bills, but I still didn't have the maturity to to deal with it, you know, I'd never been, I'd never been allowed for my, my emotions to develop. I never really understood them. And that age kind of begun my journey with, with mental health issues, with depression, anxiety, diagnosed with post-traumatic stress disorder. And I've, I've just fed shit with them, just given all these. Uh, in fact, the first, the first time I went to a doctor, I actually spoke with my wife and she knew, she knew and she says, I think you should go and speak to a doctor. I felt like I was going to explode. I felt mm -hmm. like steam was coming out of my ears at times. And it made me feel low that I was so stressed. And I went to the doctor and explained to him what was going on. And he says, um, you're a big fella. I'm going to give you these tablets. So I think they were 150 milligrams of sertraline. Um, so what is it? It's, it's a strong antidepressant. Right. Mm -hmm. And what he gave me was the highest dose. Now, that was my first time ever getting medication. Mm -hmm. And he just gave me the highest dose straight away. I suppose send a Pioneer, there's a bottle of whiskey. Mm -hmm. And it made <laughs> me feel so down. Mm -hmm. I went, like 10 times worse than what I was feeling. When, when I researched the medication, one of the side effects is suicidal thoughts. And they're not full of them. And that yeah. was the most fucked up thing I've ever experienced, that you're mm -hmm. giving somebody that feels down mm -hmm. and a, a tablet that causes suicidal thoughts. And what people don't realize about antidepressants is, when you start on them, it then stops your body producing it. So when you stop them, 
Your body forgets how to produce the, the love stuff, the serotonin and stuff. Yeah. So then, what do you do? You're back for another prescription. Yeah. See if like well, that happened to me for kind of you know my thing was I need to get off these as soon as possible. I needed them at the time. I mm. thought I needed them, and then I started biting them in half and then quarters. Mm-hmm. Came off them for a while, but then felt as if I needed them. And that went on for a couple of years. Um, and then I wouldn't say an, an epiphany or, or anything. Um, I just decided that it took me a long time, early 30s, that I was going to take responsibility for me and for my life. I wasn't going to let my past or, or previous traumas or anything to define me who I am now in the present and who I will mm-hmm. be in, in the future. So I almost did a, a post-mortem on myself of, of you know my strengths, my weaknesses, kind of the whole cause and effect, what I'd done, mistakes I'd made, good things I'd done as well. And really delved into my psyche of, of who I am. It was very, very tough. You know, plenty of tears. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. Um, but, but probably the best thing I've ever done. Definitely the best thing I've ever done. And I'm still on that journey. The, a big, big part of that journey was nature. A big, big mm-hmm. part of that journey was... I, I would be, and it's particularly in the past, would have been an overthinker. My mind, like that, the chimp paradox, you know, I constantly had that chirping in my mind constantly mm-hmm. at night people were having conversations with me and i was looking them up in the face but i was just oh just sure. this chirping in my head uh, monkey mind the yeah. monkey mind yeah. and the first time i jumped into the cold sea i didn't have no thoughts mm-hmm. it was probably the first time the first time i was ever present in the moment mm-hmm. and it might have only lasted a couple of minutes but it was the most beautiful experience i've ever had in my life i had something very similar what to say there's something about the beach because it gives off negative ions. And that's when I didn't want you at the beach of the COVID thing. Uh-huh. To make, make you feel better. The, I was up in, you ever up in Canigo Bay? Yes. Fuck, it's gorgeous. Lovely. So I was up there with this woman. She died not long ago. But, and was just spent a day there and it was absolutely gorgeous. It was in April. And it was only a new April days as a scorcher. And we were walking back to the car and she was away on my barn. I was carrying all the baggage on the other side. No? And I looked out in the water and I had that moment. It lasted about 15 minutes for me. And I was standing what the fuck is this? It was the first time I'd ever felt real happiness. Amazing. Yeah. And I knew that was possible. Yeah. And I was happy, isn't it? See, now, I'm, I'm going kind to of go by beach all the time. Yeah. So I was in the room. No, no. no I just... <laughs> That, that, I mean, I don't think I ever felt fully present. I probably did when I was a child because a mother's love's unconditional. So no doubt I did. But certainly in my adult life, I never felt that until I jumped in the cold sea. And as a result of that, I kind of, I started my journey of becoming a kind of, I think when you're broken or when you're at your most vulnerable, you're probably the closest to your truer self. Mm -hmm. And when I got to that point, I thought, right, I'm doing good here, but I want to help other people now as well. Mm-hmm. So I went and did um, a diploma in a form of acupuncture called oh. NADA Acupuncture. It's Acupuncture of the Year. Um, it's five five points in each year. Yeah. With the Shen Men point. Yeah, yeah. The spirit gate, that's full of your anxiety. You do your sympathetic nervous system and your liver, kidney and lung. And I went and did that with a guy called Tucker Fisher. And when I went and did the practical part of the course, I walked in and it was all it was all women. I was the only fellow there. Oh. 
not only was it only women, there were all women kind of 50s and their 60s, free-flowing dresses, all like oh, yeah. recce teachers and stuff. Yeah. Now, who I have a massive respect for oh, now. Yeah, yeah. Massive respect for now. But then I was like, oh, is, um, I don't think this is fair. I walked in the tracksuit covered in tattoos. Yeah. And um, I, felt, I felt a bit uncomfortable, to be yeah. honest with you. Oh, I, I was yeah, questioning, yeah. fuck, I, I, I stick out like a sore. I, I, this isn't for me. Oh, yeah. So I don't smoke, but I said to Tucker, I'm going to go for a smoke here. And I had the car keys in my pocket and I walked out. Oh, I'm not going back in there and he came out and he says everything okay and I says listen I've paid the money keep the money you're doing a great job but it isn't for me he says why and I went I just I, it's not for me but listen good luck and he says my my son was 23 and he took his own life and I cut him down and this is why I teach stuff like this okay. I, this is why I teach holistic therapies and this is why I'm so passionate about it my son would not have went and spoke to any of these women but he made a look at you and spoke with you. He may have found a common interest there with your look, your appearance, how you sound. Bravo, Tucker. Uh huh. He says, You are going to attract people like my son. Mm. And when he said that, you're emotionally bound then to do the diploma. So That's actually very beautiful. It was class. Yeah. Uh, and it gets better. So, did the diploma. Um, and I, there's a tragedy before it gets better, but a, a young friend of mine who was 19 took his own life. I worked with him in the gym where I'm based now. And I, I, he was just the nicest kid in the world. A young fella called Robbie, who a smile would have lit up a room. Mm. All, the, all the potential in the world. Great, great kid. And it broke my heart when he did it. So I thought, it was his funeral. He was 19 and, and seeing so many young people mm-hmm. crying. I thought, this isn't fucking right. Shabbing. So I organised my first ever community acupuncture event. And it was in a gym in Dunmurray. And I just put the feeders out. Come, come. I think it was a day after the funeral. The purpose was twofold to try and keep them off a drink and all too, you know. Come the next morning, get this free acupuncture, completely free, come down and see if it helps. And got a couple of wee boxers to work with to come down, but over a hundred young people turned up. And it was amazing. It was it was it just but it made me think, right. Uh, what was your what's results like? What was the The results are it kinda takes the edge off things. So you see yeah. you see people's shoulders just relaxing. Uh. Just relaxing. Jaw relaxing. Yeah. It's it's a, it's used. It was used the world over. It's still used. Every refugee camp in the world will have nada acupuncturists, in the refugee camp. Nine eleven at Ground Zero. All the first responders received it. It takes my the way I would experience it. You'll have to, I'll have to come over and try it on you. But it takes, it takes the edge off it things. Couldn't be any happier. It just makes you relax. <laughs> but even it, people say it makes them feel stoned. Uh, yeah. yeah. So, oh, no, no, I'd love to try it. Yeah, we'll, we'll, do it, we'll do it soon. Yeah. But, um, I can bow you and then you can stick needles in it. sounds like a plan, yeah. Day, <laughs> so, yeah, over 100 people turned up and we did them every month, every month. So, in one, one year, I think, we treated over 1,000 people for free. Oh, God. You were getting young people from Poglas, you were getting young people from Seymour Hill and they were sitting yeah. side by side with the same problems and the same issues. Yeah. And it was, it was amazing. It was really, really amazing. But that young fella, Robbie, unfortunately, in that small circle of friends, I think, say, a group of 12 friends, two more did it. Well, one before and one after. And I thought, fuck, something has to be done here. So I took four or five of his, his, his closest mates, and I live in Lisburn. Took them to Wallace Park, and we met at half five in the morning during the winter when the grass was still covered in ice. Mm-hmm. And we got into our bare feet. Mm-hmm. I'm going to put her flip-flops on the side of the pitch. I'm going to say, right, lads, we're going to run 12 laps of this football pitch in our bare feet. Mm-hmm. 
And when I was standing telling them this, I mean proper pain in your, you know, I mean mm-hmm. grass, ice grass that, that is breaking under your foot. Mm-hmm. And we did the laps and each lap you were running past your flip-flops till we did mm-hmm. the 12. And it was, this is where natural resilience, the workshops kind of stem from. It was, look what you've done. At each occasion you run past your flip-flops, you could have took the easy way out and, and put them on and sat in the car and warmed up. But you mm-hmm. can't do that in life. You can't, when the going gets tough, just press the exit button, lads. And these were young people, 18 and 19, that were, like me at that age, weren't emotionally mature enough to deal with how they were feeling. Mm -hmm. So when the going got tough, they ended it. And and this, my whole ethos was, lads, you can't do it. You you have to become more resilient. You know, life can be tough at times, but it's also very beautiful. You have so much ahead of you that you, you need the experience. So off the back of that, I, I started up these workshops, Natural Resilience, um, and it's getting people back back into nature, back into kind of teaching them a wee bit of breath work. And where, where are you based, sir? At the minute, we're based in Crawfordsburn Scout Centre. I rent the Scout Centre. Mm-hmm. It's a big purpose-built wooden building in a lovely big redwood forest. Mm-hmm. We'll walk down. So we, we, do, we do a form of breath work, and we show them that their heart rate can reduce with this breath work. And then I said, right, okay, now we're going to try it in a natural stressor. We're going to do it in the cold sea. So we'll get into the sea, whether it's October, November, December, and we'll do the same breath work. And after a minute and a half, two minutes, they're relaxed and they're smiling and they're laughing. It's like, look what you have done. You have became comfortable in an uncomfortable situation. Mm-hmm. And you can apply this to anything in life, anything, whether it's traffic, whether it's an unhappy household, whether it's a stressful job or an unhappy relationship you can naturally deal with it and, and become more resilient, become more comfortable in uncomfortable situations where you don't need to take antidepressants or you don't need to self-harm or you don't need to attempt to end things. The self-harm thing, I never knew it existed until 10 years ago. And then I actually knew people around me who were self-harming. And I've never yeah. guessed, you know. I think that's something that's maybe not even recognised yeah. as, as being as prevalent as it is. Had a Johnny Cash song, Hurt. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. Classic. He stole that in Nine Inch Nails, but... Did he? Uh, <laughs> a classic song. <laughs> but it's beautiful, isn't it? <laughs> a, a classic I'm song. I think it was that one of their show. The, um, we're talking shit. I, I do the acupuncture for the trust at times, and they take teenagers that suffer self-harm. Mm-hmm. But they try and get them into some form of employment within six months. So they do them their CV and they do different things. So they'll have me coming and doing acupuncture. They'll mm-hmm. take them out and, you know, a day in nature, lighting fires, cooking their dinner around a fire and all the rest of it. And having, I mean, beautiful kids with big smiles and their arms are covered in scars. Oh, uh, yeah, yeah. And it's tragic to see. Um, but some of them, some of them would say that They've become that numb in life where that is genuinely the only time they feel an emotion. Yeah, emotion, yeah. Um, so it's trying to it's trying to then reset their button. It's trying to show them, show them a bit of love. No, show them that you care. Show them that mm-hmm. you have something in common with them. Tell them your own story. Empathize with them, and let them know that they're human. Do you know what I mean? And, mm-hmm. and try and try and I wouldn't say pull them out of that rut, but take their hand and walk walk through the rut with them, and then start gradually coming uphill. I think an advantage you have, you're a big, big lump, right? You know, you wouldn't yep. dream. And, you know, I think, especially young men, they don't know now 
had to hug a man or yeah. to think, oh, that's gay or something. Yeah. Don't get about it. I hug everybody. I'm a same. You know what I mean? But younger men there, it's, it's you know. All bravado big, and ego and bullshit. You see a big man doing it, you know. Yeah. It, it maybe he helps him. Yeah. Isn't that, you know. Definitely. Well, that's, I remember, I remember feeling extremely down and lost in the world and look, I felt like I needed an escape. And on the internet, it was, which I think is amazing, but it was women's only self-care, women's only yoga, women's only workshops, mm. women's only retreats, which is phenomenal. Yeah, yeah, yeah. My wife did a, a women's only self-care course and it, it changed their life, mm-hmm. but I could find nothing for men. Mm. And I decided then, when, when I feel bad, I, I, this is something I want to do. So in two weeks' time, less than two weeks' time, on the 14th of November is our first men's only workshop. And that's something I want to introduce and have that going into the new year I mean, once a month. What is the workshop going to consist of? So the, the workshop consists <clears throat> of, I spoke, I spoke to Marty about this, so with men, there, there's abseiling, there's underground caving, there's rock climbing, and, and there's the cold water. More men need to step up and lead yeah. by example, but in that way, in a positive way. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it's something as simple as a hug. You hug me as soon as I open the door here today. Yeah. And people would probably look at both of us in the street and go, they're a bit rougher in the edges with tattoos. And, you know. Oh, yeah. But it's, it's but, that is... But it, see this, that fucking thing. You know what I mean? It's like all my mates are Westies, right? And all as rough as a bag of fucking spanners, right? Sort of fuck. Like <laughs> <Bag> a <of> spanners. <laughs> sort of fuck. No falls around me and all right, right, right. And then the most honest, you know, man. And we all hug. We all tell each other we love each other. Yep. Big hurry our speakers, like, we, we don't hold back, you know. But the, the, these are all men, you know. I brought up rough and all, you know, not, no silver spoons yep. in their you know. And I think that's just so important that young men see big hurry arse men. 100%. Covered in tattoos. Yep. I love your brother or, or whatever. Yep. What is Ma- wrong between, with that? And men here in Northern Ireland alone, we have the highest suicide rate for men by far in the oh, rest yeah. in the oh, UK. Yeah, 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 yeah. And it's because it's because of this whole ego bullshit thing that men, you know, boys don't cry or uh, man up or grow uh, a set of balls. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I'm actually very passionate on men being men. I, I think men should oh, be strong. Absolutely. They should lead by example. Yeah, by example. Um but this whole egotistical bullshit world we've, we've developed into of fakeness and it needs to go. Yeah. It needs to go, and, and the then ego needs to go. The ego needs to go. It's 100%. a hard one, like, but I'm, it is. I'm working like fuck out of it every day. So the but the workshops were kind of we're, we're feeding the ego slightly in that we're doing so-called manly things of abseiling. Yeah. But then we're also starving it at the same time because before the abseiling, we talk about emotions and how mm-hmm. to first control emotions. You need to identify them. Hard to kind of tell a difference between genuine fear and self-doubt, breath work, visualization. So we're giving them something that will maybe satisfy their ego in terms of a manly, uh, whether it's cave exploration or getting into the cold water or rock climbing, but we're also bringing them down and saying, right, okay, but you also need to know about your emotions. You also need to be aware of the power of breath, of, of the power of thoughts, of, uh, you know what, so it's, that's, that's, that's the plan. It's kind of slowly trying to kind of introduce it mm. to and, and the beauty of it is this this men's only workshop with with guys like your friends you were talking about with with hard kind of there's an ex-professional boxer coming there's a guy who spent a long time in jail coming it's great it's, it's mm-hmm. getting it's getting the, the most lost men in there you know mm-hmm. but 
if, if we can affect them positively and they walk away and start then putting this out in their wee ecosystems, whether it's to their sons, their friends, it's, it's going to start having a, a good, positive impact on the community. I believe that's why we're here. What's that? I believe that's why we're here. I think so. We, I, 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 I honestly we, totally yeah, believe that. You know. I think so. Because to me, the most important thing for me is the children in this country. Yeah. You know, not the bankers, not, yeah. you know, a new car to door. It's looking after your kids. Yeah. And your neighbour's kids, your friends' yeah. kids, and everybody else's kids. I heard a great saying, when you teach your son, you teach your son's son. Absolutely, absolutely. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it always stuck with me, it's, yeah. it's class. Like, so I, I kind of, I, I love taking my son down. Like, he doesn't get have in the water yet. one kid? Two. Two. I have a daughter as well. What is she? She's four. Four, for uh -huh. God's sake. Uh, two, two, absolutely. Make a most of it. Next angels. week you'll be coming in and asking you for a pint. <laughs> oh, swear, it just flies in like I know. But yeah, and this is the thing as well. I think men should, should I mean, the, the parenting is is probably the greatest gift a man can have. Yeah. Is bringing up kids. Yeah. Um, I would love to be in the position you're. You know, when I was my were that age. Uh -huh. You know, because I would just went through the normal stuff. Yeah. You know, I'd love to. Have, you know, if I was a parent now, you know, I'd have made a few changes. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. I, was, I was good enough, Dan. No, don't get yeah. me wrong. You know, I was good, Dan. But I mean, I would have made changes. I had more, been more thoughtful about certain things. You know. Yeah. There's no doubt of that. You know. N nah, but you know. Yeah. But it's there for my grandkids. So. Class. Yeah. Sorry. Where were we? Where were we? I don't oh, know. the the men's workshop. Yeah. yeah so. Um, can I, I come? Of course you can. Done. Of course you can. Yeah. Yeah. So it's it's kind of. What you were saying, I, I, I tell my story, and that's, I, I tell warts and all, you know, about oh, right. being down, um, about feeling lost in the world, uh, I tell about, you know, that incident with my father, all these things, and I think, I think that breaks the ice straight away. I'm, mm -hmm. I'm six foot three and 18 stone, and mm -hmm. tattoos all over me, and I think when they look at me, some of them don't know, but this big guy, and oh, have right. these preconceptions, and when they see me saying, I, I've been broke. I've, I've, I've been, you know, depressed, oh. anxious, yeah. suffered trauma. And when I speak about it so openly, they go, fuck, I'm not my own. Mm -hmm. Where you can see people just relaxing, going, fuck, I, I came here. I was maybe afraid to say how I feel, but... Mm -hmm. I think it's important to put that out there. Yeah. You know, I would do that regularly, you know. I, I don't care about anybody. You know, I just tell them the truth of my yeah. life, you know. I, I, I'm proud of my scars now. It, it makes oh, you who I, you are, it kind of... Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I know I was, your past doesn't defend you, but you learn you learn so much oh, from yeah. your battles, don't you? Of course you, you do, yeah, yeah. It's like all these, you know, men, you know, they've all had tough their lives and all, but they go through the things that they've went through and be turned to be absolutely wonderful, beautiful men, great fathers, yeah. good husbands. You know, that's what it's all about. 100%. But the past, fuck the past. They couldn't that's get it. shit, to be honest with you. Know? That's it. You know, and that, what, what would surprise me is like, um, I was doing, I went down to see, what do you call it? No, a hang drum thingy they play a big stage drums with fingers yeah. there was one down the lane right one night was there with my mate Megan and uh, and then she says she was, she's, I seen her laughing and then later on she says fuck me she says two women come up the New Year's ago and they said to me what are you doing with a fucking header <laughs> <laughs> she says why oh, you don't know now sit and meditate and you get that line over <laughs> you know, but she was yeah I was a bit of a hug you know but you know, but 
you know, as young and all, the, the troubles and all. Yeah. You know what I mean? You know. I, I think it was Muhammad Ali said it, if you're the same man at 50 as you were at 20, you've wasted 30 years. Of course you have. You're meant to change, you're meant to evolve, you're meant to, <laughs> you're meant to level up. Yeah, yeah, you know? yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I think I, I grew up with a circle of friends from seven, very, very young, and we kind of went through all those teenage experiences together. But because I've went on on my own journey, I don't, I don't bother with them. They don't bother with me anymore. You know, so, I've, yeah. I remember it was only this year, January this year. Um, I was down in Carlingford, and I was swimming in Carlingford Lock. And I remember looking to my left and seeing the Cooley Mountains, Cue Holland's country, and looking to the right and seeing the Mourne Mountains. Mm-hmm. And I, th- I had like a moment. I don't. Know, it was only a split second. I was like, "Fuck me, this is beautiful. This is like heaven." And got back, had to drop into a bar and see my friend at his child's christening party. I said, I'll have one pint of Guinness with him. And a couple of mates were blocked and I went, what are you doing swimming in Carlingford Lock? Like, what are you at? I'm fucking brilliant. I went, you've changed. You, you could have been here with us drinking heart all day. Yeah. And I put my pint down and just left. I was like, yeah. fucking hell. How can people be so backwards? But then that was me at one point. But listen, it was me up until... Well, seven, eight years ago, you know. Yeah. You know, I had to went with beggars, and I was always the darkest one in the, in the night, you know what I mean? It was like competition, yeah. so you get pissed, you know. And But that's their road. And it, you yeah, know, that's you know, it. You know, it just wasn't right for me, and I knew that. And I knew, to be honest, what was coming. Yeah. I really, you know, last study, and I knew, yes, shit, no, it was coming. I knew I have to get prepared, I have to get myself mentally and physically prepared, you know. And... Uh, I don't know how easy it was for you. For me, it was real tough for Johnny. You know, you know, going from that, you know, because you, you, I lost a lot. The people are out of my life now are out of my life. Yeah. You know, that's yeah. the way it is. But I still miss some of them. I remember the crack and, you know, mm-hmm. this party used to be full of people getting pissed and taking these and sniffing all sorts and smoking and, you know, obviously it was shagging. You know what I mean? But I'm sitting here yeah. with a dog. There's the spiritual music, you know. But you also find that as you are leveling up or evolving, you also start to attract oh, don't a different that. tribe. Oh god, I you really do. Like the I mean, the tribe I have with me now are wonderful. Man. Yeah, it's, it's beautiful. People it's a phenomenon in itself, and uh, yeah. I suppose that the secret you start to attract. Be- yep. bigger better people into your life yeah. and it's yeah. it's, it's like amazing it's kind of I went down a few weeks ago and uh, I was with people around that area and it's just so devoted uh, uh, to this to helping every single one in one way or another are out there doing good things yeah and they're starting to get together um, I was saying that there's this one woman she still gets started getting into Connelly for luck every morning uh-huh. Which one was two? And there's about twenty or so. You know, Amazing. And these things are building. Yeah. And that's another thing I was, I was saying about is that uh, there's when I woke up, I sat in here and I just thought, I went off my fucking scone. I really did. I, you know, uh-huh. I just had a, it was a, like a moment. It was an overnight thing for me, and uh, a lot of people actually think I've got good stuff. Think I've got almost gone, but because I realised that. Everything basically that I've been told was a little shit. We need to sort of find a way to reach out to, to these people who are sitting in the house and think I've gone nuts. Yeah. You know, how do you do that? You know, how do you, because I'm sure there's people sitting all around Belfast and around the world 
thinking, I've went nuts. The world yeah. can't be this sort of corrupt and this and yeah. shocking and the education system, the health system, everything. It's bullshit. You know, the news. Holy fuck. Yeah. History books. You know, and have you any thoughts? Have you on that? You know, that how the hell do we get these people in there? This sort of make them feel welcome. They're not alone. Yeah. I think, you know. me personally, I think it happens. It happens without you even putting any thought into it. I think when you live, the, I think when you're the best version of you and you vibrate at a certain level, you automatically attract people. <laughs> I really do. And it was crap and it was me. Listen, with, if you think exactly as you. I, I, exactly I really you. think you do. And yeah. when we talked about the swim races, I, th- I, th- I just... It made saying to me, what the fuck are you doing? You know, two years ago you were sitting in a party with us, now you're on the way to Helen's Bay taking pictures of sunrises. Mm-hmm. And they couldn't fathom this, do you know what I mean? Yeah. But then you were see other people were looking at you and going, he looks happy as fuck. Yeah. This yeah. guy looks happy as fuck. I want, yeah. I want whatever he's doing. Yeah. What are you doing? I'm swimming in the sea in the morning at sunrise. Do you want to join yeah. me? Fucking right, I want to try it. Mm. And that went to one day a hundred people turning up on Helen's Bay Beach. <laughs> you know, and that was with yeah. that was no effort. That was no people yeah. were looking at me going, He looks happy as fuck. What mm. are you doing? And, mm. and I think when you, you when you lead I don't I don't know if the right terms lead by example. I think when you find your meaning in life and I think when you embrace life and I think when you start living in the present moment, people are attracted to it. And you love what you're doing. And you love what you're doing. And yeah, people people, people are attracted to realness. I, th- I think we're surrounded by so much bullshit and fakeness that good people see through that and they're attracted to, to realness and real people. I totally agree with you. Um, and I think it, it's amazing. There's all these wee tribes starting to form and these wee communities starting to form and that ripple will keep getting bigger and bigger and bigger. And mm-hmm. don't get me... I, I, think, I think it's too easy to... I think it's too easy to concentrate on the negative forces. You yeah. know, we're going through. I, I haven't watched the news in a long, long time. We're constantly fed fear, oh, well. and propaganda, and bullshit. Mm. And it's too easy to kind of. It's too easy to get down about it mm-hmm. uh, and get confused about it. I think if you just concentrate on the good stuff, if you put your mind on the good stuff, and there's so much good stuff happening at the minute. You know, likes of yourself, with Campbell, people swimming in lakes, and people are now going, "Fuck, I want that. I want to try mm-hmm. that." Like. Mm-hmm. There's Kira, for example, we're talking yeah. about later. You know, you're attracting Kira, you know, yeah, to come yeah. over and try things. It's, it's yeah. phenomenal. And I think, I think the people that are being attracted are like real human beings. They don't want to, they don't want to blurt about it all over social media and they don't mm-hmm. want to say this, but they're having conversations behind the scenes with people. Mm-hmm. Here, I, I, I've tried this thing, you know. I've tried Campbell, if you've ever heard of it. No, what's that? Mm-hmm. Fuck, I, I've tried swimming in the sea in the morning. What's that? You know, it's, it's like an organic awakening absolutely and that's amazing I know I was very dubious about certain posts I would have put up I wouldn't have put them up in case we thought it was like a holy joe or whatever right but now I just put up anything I don't give a fuck yeah I don't you know that's what I am you know they post something up you know the spirits or something I believe in it you know fuck it it's like yeah. um, meditation you know I love meditating you know you know and and I can really go places with it. I can do an awful lot with it. And I would love to put it more of that out there. Maybe could maybe work do something. Definitely, hundred yeah, yeah, percent. Yeah. Do a class or whatever, yep. you know. Perfect. Um, but I think you have to. 
who should know a bit now? Because we're in perilous times. Even the Tibetan monks, for thousands of years, well, two and a half thousand years, the Buddha, Lord Buddha, right? And they've been sitting meditating and doing their stuff. And then it was like an unspoken rule, you didn't talk about your meditations. Mm-hmm. But just a couple of years ago, they said, listen, start talking about your meditations, what you experience, we're in perilous times, and you have mm-hmm. to get that out there. So I think it maybe should put it out there a bit more, yeah. and be a bit more open and honest about it. And if people think in my head, I don't give a shit. That's it, though. I don't know, you, may, you know, you yeah. think in my head, I don't give a fuck. I think when you put something positive out there, only positive things can come of it. Absolutely. Yeah, you know, yeah, yeah. It, this this is one of the things I discuss in, in the, the men's workshop is the likes of journaling, how good writing stuff down can be for somebody that has a, yep, that has a mumbo-jumbo mind. Yep. Just putting it down in black and white and realising this big problem in your head, when you write it down in black and white, it isn't actually that big. It can yeah, be dealt yeah. with, you know? Absolutely. Um, but it's just, it, yeah, it's... it's when you Writing put, down all the good things in your yeah, life. Yeah, 100%. Yeah, but looking at it and, and taking that in, saying, "Well, I've got this, and I've done this, and I've, I'm a friend here, and I've this and this, and put the good things down. Yeah, put the bad things beside. There's not too many. No, hundred percent. Because most people, it's only one or two things. It's we all have more strengths. They're skint and they're yeah, or whatever. Or, you know, no, it's a lot of young people like God help them. You know, yeah. Imagine being young now, looking for a job and all, thinking of your future. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Like even when I was young, I knew one day out of my own wee house, a car. I remember going to get my first fucking fitted suit and John Collier's or Burton's or it was. And, and I knew, I always looked forward with like a, a hope towards the future. Uh-huh. You know, and it was a great Star Trek, Trek fan and it was always giving me hope as well. <laughs> you know, right? but, but there's this hope, you know, that, that you could go on and do things in life. And that's been taken away from so many young people now. That there, there has to be something to fill that vacuum. Yeah. That, you know, that, you know, these kids are thinking, what am I ever going to do in my life? I can't get a job. You know, I can't do this. Or I can't have money. You know, like there's uh, middle-aged men there. My, loads of them still living with my daddy because yeah. they can't afford to get out. Yeah. You know, we're in our day, you just want to get a wee mortgage. There's a, there's a deposit and where you go. Mm-hmm. You know, they the give them f- mortgage to them, okay? On right. the flip side of that, like as we're, we have a lower kind of critical of technology and stuff. We have... N- unlimited knowledge at our fingertips that's the truth years but ago the, a good book was maybe recommended to you do you know have you ever heard of this book oh my like the road less travel something you know well, these books oh. were kind of and you had to go to the library yeah the library Fill or a somebody in a week two weeks yeah that was whereas nice. now i mean you you can order all these second hand you can go on all these websites yeah. that i think I, I agree with what you're saying but i also think there's so much potential to be had now that you can literally go and learn anything. 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 It's, it's amazing. My neighbour next door, he gets on YouTube and he's fixed everything in the house. No, even before he would have, he would have uh, got somebody in the fixing way. Uh-huh. He fucking fixes everything. Self-taught. And he's brilliant. Amazing. He's, oh, yeah, amazing. Yeah. There is that, but there's an awful lot of use for, for porn and, and yeah. whatever and I'll spend yeah. their time playing. I have a friend and he's in his 30s and he just sits 24 hours a day playing computer games. There is that end of it. Yeah, I think that's the the porn thing. Is is it's funny. It's it's so one of my ideas is is to run the workshops and the retreats and overnight thing where you can have more in depth discussions. Yeah, and one of the discussions I want to have with other men is the the bad influence that porn has. I think it's Um, absolutely. I know. Listen, I'm not sitting here like a pope. 
No, but but I was in the, I would have had a, a collection. Yeah. The first time I took Axe, I was going to come home to get rid of it all. I realised what it is. Yeah. It's terrible, man. Not even that. It's, that, it's, that it's, I, I never, I've only, this is something I've only discussed with probably a, two or three people, but I'd never heard of it before. When, <laughs> when you're a young teenage man, and I, excuse my language to anyone, but uh, you fucking... I never stop. Wank, don't you? It's constantly. I've, I've, I've only learned recently about the power of semen retention. Exactly. And the fact that that is the life force. Exactly. So all these young men now, they're all, they're all Kenny, have all these stupid fucking shows, Love Island and all the rest of it, and it's promoting casual sex. Of course it is. It's promoting... And I've, I'm a father of a son and a daughter, mm-hmm. so I'm trying to look at it kind of from both points of view, but we're literally telling people that... They should just go and have sex for the sake of it. Yeah. But for men, you are that is the life force, you know, you're giving yeah. away the most energy potent thing on this earth to a random person. What if the peop- fuck? If people knew how it feels to have thirty day retention. No wagon for thirty days, everybody. <laughs> a 30 day challenge <laughs> <laughs> give it in your hand <laughs> we should, this is what you should put on the internet this needs to be a post okay, I'll tell this one. Actually, you this join me in my 30 day challenge I'll tell you this one please spell I'll tell you this one remember we were all te- you know like teenagers you know we're all teenagers and we went cracking mates go to school right and it was a bit was coming my legs. It's my shit at down the stairs. And by the way, stop blowing your nose in your sack. <laughs> <laughs> he still knows that wagon is sack. It's fucking awful. Oh dear. Yeah, but that but is that is so it, true. You know, listen, it's conversations that need to be had. But why? Why are we? Why is this a society? Why? Why is this a conversation we're afraid to have? I don't know the answer to that. But it's a very important conversation that needs to be had. It, it's like a, I have a big, big man, Maka. He's a fucking brilliant one. But uh, he gives me 30 day challenges. <laughs> <laughs> this, needs to, this needs to be official, doesn't it? That was one Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, yeah, absolutely. You know, there's a, another one is, uh, I don't know if you eat meat or not, you know, but give somebody a 30-day challenge. Stay off meat for 30 days. Yeah. Well, if, well, I've, I've been off meat for about six years, and he gave me this 30-day challenge to stop eating fish because I loved it. See you down to Kelly Sears. That's when I see uh-huh. the crack and all. And then I went into the, the Morn Seed Free restaurant to say, you know, it's a fucking stunning restaurant. It really is. I used to go down there and gorge myself. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't give a fuck. <laughs> and he says, I'll give you a challenge. 30 days, no fish. And I've been off for me six years. Right, okay, no bother. And I woke up after, after 30 days and I started crying. Right? Yeah, I just felt so clean and so alive. You know, what people don't realise is that, uh, especially eating meat, it's just chemicals now. They're feeding the fucking animals and chemicals. The chemicals are coming to you. They're fucking dulling you down. They're making you feel like shit. You're making you depressed, you know. And this is all part of their plan. Mm-hmm. But what, what the worst thing that is that if an animal is badly treated, 
suffers pain, is miserable. Especially look at pigs, well, they're fucking caged up mm-hmm. in wee cages and all, so ridiculous. Or veil, you know, that, that pain passes on to you. Yeah. There's no doubt in that, you know. And I love giving people 30 days. energy exchange almost, doesn't it? Of course it? it is. You know, you're, you're, you're taking on that pain that sticks to you. It's hard to get shot off, you mm-hmm. know. And people horsing in fucking McDonald's and all that shit, yeah. you know. Which, like, I don't eat any dairy now because I read in a thing one day that in Northern Ireland, in a litre of milk, you're allowed up to 12 different antibiotics and 2 million pus corpuscles per litre. I'd want pus corpuscles or fucking antibiotics in something to drink. I used to steal bottles of milk off one of the sales we learned. Look, man's orange, it. remember that? <laughs> it's the funny I'm <laughs> looking for the orange. We used to sell those Zuki orange bottles for half that. Or buttermilk, that was mine. But uh, I wouldn't dream of it now. And there is so many things that work against us that we do and just take it for granted every yeah. day. Drinking, smoking, you know, drugs, eating, fucking the wrong foods. And only now we've got all this plastic food. Yeah. And that's all it is. There's absolutely no good in it at all. Nothing. It's all this processed shit. Yeah. It fills you up. It fills you up and your belly's full and you it's go. It's fake, there. isn't it? Really? But it's fake, it's not real. There's no there's no good in it. You if you need good, it has to come out of the earth. You know, all that plastic shit. It's shocking. And and even on your courses, giving kids a 30 day challenge. Yeah. 30 day. No, I'm not for 30 days. <laughs> <laughs> I, there's some, something will come of that, won't there? there will, <laughs> a 30 day challenge has to fucking happen now. Like. No, I ain't done the 30 day. Uh, I've done quite a few, but the, the semen retention is very important. Yeah. I, th- I suppose it was probably what the priest and monk thing is to do. Yeah, with 100%. Celibacy, you know, although yeah, I'm sure I've done that. I have my dad. And, uh, do you only go up? Botanic Avenue and the last big building left for the grounds, right? I used to be a Methodist training college right. for Methodist ministers, right? Uh-huh. I was helping my dad. Yeah, I remember, fuck, I was 40 years ago. And I helped my dad, he was doing plumbing and wearing, moving beds and stuff. I went over here fucking <laughs> porn everywhere, right? <laughs> 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 Wanky socks. <laughs> 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 but if people, if people actually took it on board, as yeah. you say, that's your whole life force. Yeah, hundred percent. But if God. you if you are retaining that, yes. So if you are retaining a life force that per how would you measure? I don't know, but per milliliter has the highest kind of concentration of energy. Mm-hmm. If you are retaining that, that you are going to vibrate at a higher level. You're and going to start yeah, attracting all these good it's things. It's like, it's like another way I seem to explain is like. It holds so many, I don't know, million gigabytes of information as well. DNA or yeah, yeah. and your and your and stuff uh, of this stuff that should be inside you doing this business, uh-huh. and you're just fucking wanking it wherever, just wasting. Yeah, 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 yeah. But it's also we we've, we've became obsessed with like short short term pleasures, haven't we? And I listen, I'm I'm a wee bit guilty myself now. You know, I think we all are. I mean, the, we all are. But the yeah. art, the kind of the art of disciplines, disappearing to an extent, doesn't it? It is. You know, it's like short-term gratification. I, everyone's kind I of just, chasing it. I had a few dates. So it's the first thing I've had to eat for five days. I do regular fasts. I love it. The energy it gives you is unreal. And here's here, you know, if anyone's listening, um, don't think you're starving all the time. You're not. 
I met this amazing man. I love him. Um, and he was on hunger strike. And I says to him, I mean, I'm fucking starving. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? He says, nah. He says, after three days, you're not hungry. And that's the truth. Yeah. Once you get about a third day, you, you lose your hunger. Uh-huh. You know, you, you don't feel hungry. As long as you water. I knock loads of water. Cups of tea. You know. It's something I would like to learn more about, I think. I went the opposite way when I did the powerlifting. I was force-feeding myself. Oh, I had to eat. I got onto the Northern Ireland squad and they, they wanted you to put on weight. Mm-hmm. So you were eating easy 5,000 calories a day. I don't know what that is. It's, you know, it's, it's a, a lot. lot. It's excessive. Yeah, it's well, excessive. Yeah. You know? I know a lot of lads like yourself would do that would work like that. But it's, a, it's a what flame guts and it's... Um, it's, so at the minute I'm, I haven't went meat free, but at the minute I'm trying to change my relationship with food, yeah, and I've yeah. started intermittent fasting, and it's just Brilliant. very very simple. You it's, know, it's just a sixteen eight. That's what you're already in. Yeah, but yeah. it's yeah. um. But most people you say from a fasting, they shoot yeah. themselves. I, I like the word fasting as opposed yeah. to diet. You know, I, I like that. Well, it's a different of, thing. Isn't yeah. It? Uh, you, you're taking ownership of not eating. It's no, I'm, yeah. not, I'm not having that because I am fasting. Yeah. As opposed yeah. to I can't have that. You know or just yeah, taking ownership of it yeah, but yeah. I thought fuck no way because I, I always had a big appetite I, said, I can't there's no way I'll be able to do it but mm-hmm. it can be done oh, absolutely. it can be yeah. done and it's something yeah. I would like to, uh, my next thing is I would like to try a 24 hour one just yeah just try it you know yeah, yeah. try and eat more fruit and veg and as opposed to have I mean, your last meal about 6 or 7 at night because mm-hmm. again you're going to be sleeping most of it yeah, well, like that's it. Well, I am cheating. I am doing that, you know, because I think I'm fucking asleep. That's, ah, that's, no, I still <laughs> can't. You're not eating, mm-hmm. you know. And then in the morning, you get up and you're whacking the water into you. Yeah. Yeah, great. Or drop a lemon in it or whatever, you know. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Don't use cold water. <laughs> God's sake. It's know. interesting, like, through, through the kind of sports therapy side and, and with the acupuncture, there's more and more, there's more and more research coming out now about how your gut controls how you feel. You know, so I think it's something like seventy-five percent of serotonin's actually produced in your gut. Eighty percent. Eighty percent. Yeah, yes, it's yes, it, it's just so true, and it's also time serotonin produced in your heart. Wow, I didn't know that. No. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but your heart's made of the thirty percent of the same material as your brain. Right. Your heart sends a hundred times more messages to your brain. Your brain does your heart. We haven't led astray on all this shit. You know, it's like decisions now. Uh-huh. I go my heart. Yeah. Fuck my brain. My brain's fucked. I ring up forever. <laughs> <laughs> I fucked. I ring up forever. <laughs> but this way, it's really working for me. I'll, I'll, I'll think something through. You know, I'll make a decision. You know, I go into my room and I'll sit down and meditate and I'll ask my heart. And I don't care what what my brain says. I go my heart. Mm-hmm. And you will have to realise that that your heart is what you're it's controlling yeah. this. Not your brain. We've all been led astray on this bullshit. Yeah. You know, you know, in your heart, your gut your brain are connected. Yeah. They're all connected, you know. There's stuff now, the, the vag, vagus nerve and stuff. Oh, yeah, yeah. It yeah. kind of runs from your, the wandering nerve, it's not, it goes straight through your body, but it, it into the gut and back up to the brain, and yeah. it's yeah. fascinating. It so is. So, I mean, it really, really is. Yeah, but we've been camp away, I've missed it, so as I can yeah. sell as pharmaceuticals. Yeah, and shite and fake food. Oh, and yes, yeah, and listen to shite, watching shite, yeah. EastEnders and all that. it's true though that's what one thing because you you do you you touched on it that people thought you were mad I think when you start on this journey you start to become more aware of fakeness and bullshit 
I can't. I can't really watch TV now. now don't I get me wrong. I, I got my TV and lifted it off the wall was about ten years ago and smashed it in the ground. Yeah. Yeah. Me fuck that. Haven't watched one program. One movie. Well, Dead Star Wars. It was shit. <laughs> oh, seen a great film called Up. Right. Um, Red Papers, listening to New Zealand. Ten years. There's I'd, no point. Yeah. It's just absolutely lies. I'm bullshit. a book man. Like I love. Oh, love uh, the yeah. books and. Yeah. Find it hard to watch TV now. I find it hard to. What's the one book you've read that you would say to somebody with mental health issues? Is there anything out there that you would think maybe would help some young fella? Or there's there's one that that springs to mind. I, I'm just going to say it because the first one kind of thought of when you said that. An author called Ryan Holiday, mm-hmm. and he has a book called The Obstacle Is the Way. I've seen that. Uh huh. It's a good book. Yeah, so that. it goes back to the old uh, Stoicism, Stoic mm-hmm. philosophy, mm-hmm. Uh, back to like kind of Greek times. Um, fascinating, fascinating philosophy. But it's it, it kind of it, it shows you that the top performers in, in sport, business, whatever it may be, all have a certain sort of form of mindset. So if you read any autobiography, for example, any sports star. Anyone in life, they've all they've all had fuck ups, they've all had downs before mm-hmm. the the rules and mm-hmm. become prominent. And but all those people have used whether it's an abusive father or you know a mother that showed no love that they have used that to kind of spur them on to reach new heights. And yeah. there's a term post post traumatic growth, mm-hmm. where you almost catapult past where you were previously. Mm-hmm. Uh, and this this book explains it very very it gives you examples but it just explains it how sometimes obstacles are put in your path how you can use them to become a stronger version of yourself you know because now as humans we're, we're taught to go okay i'm encountered by a problem i'm going to give up mm-hmm. you know I, i'm not going to take the time and effort to work that out whereas this book saying no do it you know yeah. whether it's climbing over or going around but get past the obstacle and you know it, it, it's it's a great book. It's a great mm-hmm. great great book for developing a positive mindset. And I think I think I think that's a big part of mental health. Mm-hmm. You have to change your mindset. You have to you have to change self doubt into self belief. Yeah. And you can only do that through thinking positively. Absolutely, absolutely. I know quite a few people that have made it up around big stores and stuff. Not quite a few. And they've always said that. And they never had really easy starts. Yeah. But it was you know. That just being positive, hundred percent. Yeah, yeah. Keeping it going, keep her lit. Don't give up. Keep Do you not think now that young men are out there and young boys turn to men with some sort of I don't know. Do you know why all different tribes will have a, a ceremony? You no, know, for a young yeah. man to go. You know, experience it with a Maasai Mara in Africa and. They have a pretty horrific fucking yeah. job, you know. But there's, it was something, you know, there. That kind of welt them into manhood. Welt them into manhood. Well, but do we have this bullshit idea that when you're 18, you go for your first paint? Ah, it's fucking and, and you start your journey of alcoholism. That, that's our, that's, this, this is our westernized version of, you know, becoming a man. You can now have your first paint. I know. It, I so know. that needs to change. We need to think about that one. Yeah. I would love to do something like that, you know, where young men are... are Promote some, but doesn't want to fucking do. That's but as so long as so long as you even have a want to do something, you know, and and start having those conversations, it, it will happen. Yeah, it will happen. Yeah, yeah. But that, I mean, yeah, I agree with you one hundred percent. That all these tribes throughout the world, 
they do a ceremony, they have something, and then they're welcome into the tribe. You're now a man, you know, go forth and lead by example, mm -hmm. inspire others. Mm -hmm. Whereas we have, let's go to a pub and get pissed, welcome yeah. to manhood, I know. which is bullshit. Slapping the back. And yeah. Them. I know, I know. Here's one. You know, years ago you had this sort of like cross community thing and all, you know? I don't know if there's a need for it or not anymore. Because I, I, I go into town, I know a lot of young people, and they're, they don't have that sectarian thing in their head they're all mixing and it's natural i think that some would see that as a controversial thing to say but i i think you're 100 percent right i, I, think, I know i see kids and i don't give a shit i think it's amazing i love it i think yeah, it's amazing yeah, yeah. um if anyone cares about uh, a religious divide in 2020 i can either it's felt i don't do. know i know they really yeah. do um if I, I mean, uh, the walls need to come down, don't they? Um, I, They're coming I, down. I grew up in West Belfast. I didn't meet a Protestant until I was 16, 17. Yeah. I, went for, I went for a job in, in Castle Court and I met a guy and I was big into the rave scene and we were going for interviews for uh, a Christmas job in a shop called D2. I, I don't know what it says anymore. <laughs> but I met a guy called Michael who was from the Shankill Road yeah. and he we were into the same DJs and stuff. Yeah. And we walked out of Castle Court at the end of our wee interview. It was in the evening. And I, where are you going? He says, I'm going to Shankill. I went, I'm going up the falls to get a bus. And we looked at each other. And it was, it was, it was class. Yeah. yeah, yeah. We, we, we struck for, like a friendship up. We, we yeah. struck a conversation. We almost attracted each other with the same mm -hmm. likes. You know, and he was going one way and I was going the other. And we shook each other's hand. Yeah. And that was the first Protestant I ever met. Yeah. But I think that's, yeah. that, I, I'm, I'm big in the integrated education and stuff. Oh, don't I think. start me. I think it's ridiculous that they're David. Yeah. Um, and boys and girls together. But I, I almost think, I think that's a conversation for another day, but I think mm. I think our politicians almost thrive on that divide. Really I think, I think yeah, Sinn Féin and DUP probably only exist because of that divide. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I agree. I, I, I don't think it's prevalent anymore to young I people. Don't. I mean, What's the great thing about young people? They don't give a fuck. Exactly. You know? And you've young fellas from Allytown coming up in the east to meet girls, and you've girls from the east going to Ardoin to meet boys, and that's, that's the way it should be. I'm going to end on this because we're getting on. But I find it's not only the kids don't give a fuck, it's their parents who used to give a fuck also don't give a fuck anymore. Brilliant. Less fuck should be given. <laughs> 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 Actually, we're just less fucks, everybody. <laughs> and the 30 day challenge. <laughs> Very good. That was fantastic. I enjoyed that. Yeah, it was a pleasure. Yes, you too, man. I really, really enjoyed that. Thank you. Thank you very much.